0: Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontes, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, today is round two of our We Are Gathered Here series. And as we get started today, I want to ask everyone to think about some of the habits in your life now most likely quickly most of us kind of feel guilty immediately and we go to all those bad habits that we have in our life now if you don't i have enough for both of us we all have bad habits but really there are probably good habits in your life too in many ways good habits are necessity to do life well and to do life in a very effective, efficient way. Notice you have a place in your kitchen for all of your silverware. And when you pull that silverware drawer out, you have a certain place that the spoons and the, and the knives and the forks all go in. And whenever somebody comes over and they put them in the wrong place, you get upset. Right? And you know a place for the cups and you know a place for the pots and the pans and where the spices go and everything else. Everything has a place. Why is that? Because it's a habit. You have that order in your life and you've created a habit to do that over and over again. And the truth is, when you don't do that, it messes things up. Like when you try to find the pair of scissors and the nail clippers and he or her put them someplace else. Now what happens in the house? Honey! That sounds like romance to me. Now, Habits are incredibly important. Now, listen to this. I did a little bit of research, came across this article. It's called theworldcounts.com. Uh, the and in, in this little article, it says this, in quote, Habits are our brain's way of increasing its efficiency. Our brain turns daily actions and behaviors into habits. So we would do them automatically and without too much thought. Thus, freeing up our brain power for more challenging issues. This strategy of our brain has wonderful benefits for us. It allows us to function better in life. Just imagine if you had to consider and ponder every single task or reaction. You would be exhausted. End quote. I think there's a lot of truth in that article. Good or bad, right or wrong, habits in and of themselves are powerful. In some research, I I did this last week, I found out that it takes an average of, catch this, 66 days for a new habit to take root in our brain. Not like the 21 most of us have all heard about. So with that little nugget of insight, let me give us another one. Habits follow cravings as they seek rewards. So for instance, if you really want to stop eating sweets, which I don't, but you don't address the cravings and the reward contributing to your habit, then you will have an incredibly difficult time kicking the habit you catch that if i don't deal with why my candy tastes so good to me and how it makes me feel afterwards now i'll tell you i can get rid of the sweets but the thackles are something different (laughs) i believe they're from god (laughs) how many amens do i have in the house So as we desire to create new habits, healthy habits, we also need to address the underlying cravings and rewards that contribute to the habit in the first place, good or bad. Let me ask you some questions. Do you crave a healthy God-honoring relationship? or relationships with others? Do you earnestly desire consistent and powerful prayer life? Are you hungry for a deeper understanding of the Word and the teachings of Jesus? Do you have a passion for your life journal and that daily devotional life? Maybe you do. Well, now the question is, do you want more? Do you crave more? What would your faith look like if you craved if you craved more fellowship what would your life look like if you craved or you craved more of a deeper understanding of the word of god or worship and prayer all of a sudden maybe everything on the radio wouldn't be this or that it would be anything so that you could worship even driving from here to there you know all of that to get to this little point the early church that comes out of the bible we find the birth of the church in a place called acts chapter two right the acts of the apostles and in the second chapter we find the birthing of the church and they knew something about gathering together and the churches, ever since then, for thousands of years, have tried to model Acts chapter 2 and how they gather together, how they have done church. Some, some highlights, some, several things that the early church did are specifically found in verse 42. Let's read it together. Acts 2 verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So the early church was devoted to four things. To teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, communion, and to prayer. The word devotion. Is a powerful word. It means to consistently show strength, which prevails in spite of difficulties. It means to endure. It means to stay in a fixed direction, to mean steadfastness, unwavering. The church was unwavering in their devotion, in their commitment to teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to praying. They were devoted. So let's look at those. Let's look at teaching. The reward of a good teaching is good learning. And learning the Scriptures together with other believers was something the early church was absolutely devoted to. Learning, as we all know, it takes time. And it can be difficult. Learning requires effort, intentionality, attention to detail. The reward, however, is a dynamic, deep understanding and knowledge of God, of His Word. The reward, however, powerful, if we don't stay into it, what do they say you don't use it you lose it how many times have you heard somebody i know all those stories of the bible i don't need to go to church no more and you start talking to them and they and the next thing you know they're saying oh how moses and the flood and everything else with it did you catch that moses ten commandments noah flood That's when you laugh. Okay. If you don't use it, you lose it. Or you blend it and all of a sudden it's saying something totally different. I'm not sure how any follower of Christ who would say that they don't want a deeper understanding of Scripture. I don't, I don't get that. Well, well, I'm good, Pastor. I'm, I'm going to heaven. I got Jesus. I understand the cross, the empty tomb. That's good enough for me. That'd be like saying, you know what? I got married, I told her I loved her, and I haven't changed my mind. 30 years later, why do I have to say it again? Do you see how silly that sounds? We have to have a lifelong passion to want to learn, to honor teaching. Let's look at fellowship. As I mentioned earlier, we learned that the early church was devoted, it was steadfast in meeting together. Now, I'm not going to say that we need to gather in a formal service like this once every single day, but I would encourage everyone to think about getting regular time in, in fellowship with other believers every week. That's why the Life Journal is such a great tool. Maybe you get with a friend or a family member once a week. Maybe you come to women's prayer. Maybe you come to men's life journal, men's prayer at 530 in the morning. Yeah, I know it's crazy, right? But there's something powerful about waking up, praying with other brothers in the Lord. Let's look at, let's look at, it's not just having a meal together. But the idea of breaking bread, it, it literally it points towards communion. Communion is incredibly important. Here's why the early church was stubbornly devoted to breaking bread together. Let's look at 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, start at verse 23, "For I pass on to you what I receive from the Lord Himself." Wow. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Verse 26, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Now catch out what's going on. This is the church of Corinth. And in the church of Corinth, it's a port city a port state so to speak and everybody from all over the world are all showing up and they're bringing all their different religions and their different ways of doing spirituality and it was really starting to pollute the the way or the church and so they would come in and they would try to do communion and the guys that would be coming in and they're not really doing the way it was designed to be and they're literally trying to make a mill out of the bread and out of the wine they figured they were at it and out Let's dig in. I want a double-double animal style. And Paul's having to correct everybody. So he's given us a definition of what communion is about, and he's pointing to the cross. He's pointing to the love of God for you and for me because of our sins. He's pointing to understand the sacrifice that was, was done for us so that they would understand. The bread represents His body, the fruit of the vine his blood just like the lambs that would be slain remember for the covering of sin but jesus the lamb of god for the forgiveness for the pardoning of sin communion is about remembering jesus and jesus's life his sacrifice on the cross his body broken for you and me, his blood, the marker of a new and final covenant between God and man, his death, his resurrection, his promise to return again for his church. These are things when we gather together, they should naturally come out of us. Just like Ramona did with Mike. She goes, remember, the Lord has always taken care of Do you see the fellowship in that? you see how that works? How the breaking of bread, how it draws us to the King to build our faith. These are realities of the believer that we simply cannot and must not forget about who Christ is. And because communion is implicitly done with others it follows that we celebrate and that we remember jesus as we gather together think about it this way our common union the thing that brings believers together all around the world through millennia is jesus christ and communion is one of the ways that we remember him together Every time we take communion together, just as our Christian ancestors did thousands of years ago, as they took the bread, as they took the wine, they remembered the cross. So do we. You have a heritage that is great to make you stand tall. What an amazing gift we have in Jesus through whom we share. The eternal reward of salvation. Well, let's talk a little bit about prayer. Simply put, prayer is communication. It's to, with, and from God. We could do an entire series on prayer alone, and maybe I will, but let me keep this section short to the point. One of the things I I always want people to know about prayer is what prayer does when you pray with others. So if all of a sudden I'm, I'm praying with Bob, not only am I getting closer to Bob because we're praying together for the same cause, but we're also getting closer to the one we're praying to. And we also get closer to the one we're praying for. See, prayer produces closeness, Intimacy. It's why God wants His church to pray with one another. Because you get closer to Him, you get closer to others. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's a gift to pray with others in community. There is power when we pray together. When we make our requests known to God together. It's one of the reasons we say, What's the purpose of River Rock? To help people take their next step closer to Jesus. What's the last word? Together. 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 In fact, when Jesus was asking, was being asked for advice about prayer. Listen to what Jesus said to them. You you might have heard this verse before, maybe once, maybe twice. Matthew six verse nine. After this manner, therefore pray ye. This is actually in the Old King James. For some of you uh, gray-haired folks. Not me, but... Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I imagine many of you are familiar with this Lord's Prayer. In fact, many of you probably have memorized it. Let's find out. Let's do it together. Ready? Begin. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. As we, it's not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, I want to really make something clear. Did you know that this is communal? What do I mean by communal? Did you notice that the pronouns here are not the words my and me? It's us. It's our. Let me go over it one more time. It starts off with my God. Or does it start off with our Father? Catch that? Mm -hmm. Catch the communal? Our Father. Let's go to verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11. Give us this day our our daily bread. And forgive us our daily bread debts. As we forgive our debt. Do you catch this? Do you not catch the whole idea of team, the idea of family? See, there's something about gathering together. There has to be this idea of a rhythm. You need the rhythm of being together on a regular basis. What is rhythm? It's that constant beat. Y'all know what a beat is. You can expect it's going to happen. When it doesn't happen or it's out of sync, sounds strange. You understand what I'm trying to say in that regard? So what does it mean? It means that you and I need to be in a rhythm of coming to church on Sunday, on Monday getting together with friends or family believers on a regular basis so your faith experiences the rhythm that it needs for it to be beautiful all beautiful songs have a rhythm our life should have a rhythm some people say well i come enough it's irregular well Can you imagine if you defecated irregular? Not good. You're designed for rhythm. So keep gathering the fellowship of the saints. Make it a rhythm. And there will be health in you. Vitality in you. Passion in you. There's power when we pray, folks. I think it's even more powerful when we pray together. The early church was committed to gathering to pray. Well, as we conclude as I wrap it up today, I want to revisit something that I said last week. As I mentioned in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, how it talks about some people who were who had developed a really bad habit of not meeting together in rhythm on a regular basis. Let's go back to that verse in Hebrews chapter 10. We, last week we had verses 24 and 25, but I just want to focus on 25 today. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. That, I want to stop there. Encourage one another. Have you ever had somebody, because you missed church for a little bit, and something was going on, maybe you were sick, maybe you had to travel, maybe there was somebody sick in your family. Where were you last week? I didn't see you. Don't you just want to give them the five-fold ministry? The Scripture says right here that we are to encourage. Not condemn. You don't know? Don't assume you know. And if you do know, all the more to be full of grace and mercy. Don't be rude. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Who's His? Jesus. I also said last week, for all the benefits we receive from fellowship, it is much more deeper than just that. We gather together because it is who we are as the body of Christ, as a believer. When adversity comes to your doorstep, when things don't go your way, when you're confused and frustrated and angry, we join with other believers in fellowship. And we spur each other on towards love and good deeds. Because it is who we are in Christ. want to know why I asked you to pray? For my father-in-law? For my wife? There's power in prayer. It's not selfish. Why? Because when it's your turn, the rest of us will pray for you. You see that? It's kind of like that teeter-totter and you have the fulcrum. Depending on how much weight is here, if you want that balance, you may have to move the fulcrum one way or the other to get it to go where? Balanced. So sometimes when one of the family members are hurting, you've got to move the fulcrum so you can compensate and then move it back the other way because somebody else, and then again and again and again and again. The fulcrum is constantly moving so that you can bring health and balance to the family. Who's in need? We go there. Now it's my turn. Now it's your turn. Amen. The early church was absolutely devoted to, was committed to these practices of teaching, of fellowship, breaking of bread, and of praying. And I believe that the early church knew a thing or two about habits. and That they needed to... If they were going to persevere, they had to have these habits in in their life, in their church. So this is my challenge to you for the week. Identify some of the habits and some of your rhythms in your life. What are things you do every morning, every evening, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, throughout the week? What are the positives about them? What are the negatives? What would or should you change or keep doing because it's good? Or change because it's not beneficial? Or even worse, it's bad. And if you're not in the rhythm of gathering with other believers on a regular basis... Can I ask you to consider a couple questions? Why is that? See, when I use the word why, I'm asking about the heart. Why is that? Now, the other question I'm going to ask is, what is really going on that you chose not to or you can't? See, what is something different? It's on the outside of me. It's, well, my work schedule can't change if I'm going to provide for... So there's, there's an obstacle. So I'm asking, what's the obstacle? But it's two different questions. One is about the heart, and one is about the obstacles. Are there things keeping you from fellowship? Are they past hurts? Are there fears or other things robbing you of the rich rewards of a life lived in gathering together with others. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would give us wisdom to identify the unhealthy habits and the strength and the internal fortitude to change them. We can't do it without you, Holy Spirit. Give us sweet fellowship with others this week as we practice the rhythm of gathering together. And however that might look for each and every one of us, it's going to be unique. But God, it still needs to happen. God, I pray for your people. I pray you cause them to be excited about being a part of the family of God, about doing church as a team. Lord, help us to break those those chains, those lies that come from the enemy of our soul that tell us it's not a big deal, you don't need that, you need this. When we know that we know the early church, we're devoted to it. They would not compromise it. It was such a necessity. It wasn't an option for them. God, help me. Help us. That we would see this as so powerful to become all that You have destined us to be as children of the King, as members of the family, as we do church, together. It's in that, as we pray for loved ones who don't know Christ, see those marriages that are struggling or broken coming back together. God, to to see you perform miracles nobody can understand except looking to Jesus. Oh God, help us. Encourage us. No condemnation, just a correction. Lord, I pray blessing on your people. Bless their marriages. Bless their families. Bless their week. Bless their finances. Bless their bodies. Bless their passion for you. Oh God, bless them, bless them, bless them. In Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.